Welcome to Team Futurism. Today I am interviewing Sam Elliott, and we're going to be talking about the future, as we do, kind of from the uh, the like world of the arts. I would say. Mm -hmm. I think that we're going to be like approaching this from from the world of the arts. The other day I was listening to a podcast that featured uh, good old Eric Weinstein, and he was lamenting that artists of today aren't able to, they have no idea what's going on, and so they can't comment on the, the modern state of the world. He said, as opposed to like in the 1960s, you would listen to a record, and it would almost be as if listening to the news. But artists today have no idea what's going on. Do you think that that's true? Yeah, I think ultimately um, the idea of, of having a concrete narrative around what is happening and why in the world is no longer an easy, digestible, it's not something that you can write a song about, you can, or, or make an artwork about. I mean, like maybe there's certain things that feel kind of universal, like the environment, maybe, um, but you know, when we're talking about things like social issues or even, um, you know, the causal cause and effect relationships of events that happened two weeks ago, I don't think there is really like a, a hegemonic narrative that you can pull out of that anymore. And I think it's just the kind of media hypersaturation that we live in now. Um, and just the amount of kind of competing voices and there's just so much kind of cognitive real estate for people to like have their own realities mm -hmm. in, in ways that like are socially true. Mm -hmm. I would well, argue. I mean, like I'm kind of skeptical of the premise a little bit. This idea that uh, you ever could listen to a song and it would be like watching the news. I'm, I'm yeah. kind of, okay, so, so, you know, there's this guy, um, uh, John Baudrillard, who I love referencing, mm -hmm. and he has this essay called uh, The Gulf War Did Not Didn't Take Place. Yeah, I, I love, yeah, I've right? read that, yeah. And it was just this, this whole thing that, like, our experience with the Gulf War was sitting around in our living rooms watching the television about the Gulf War, but you're not, yet, like, that television show is so completely removed from what's happening on the ground yeah. with some random guy getting shot, with you know, troop movements or just whatever is actually going on. And even that is just its own little, like, world that's you could, you know, write whole novels on for, you know, any individual, like, element of that war. But we're digesting it in, like, the, the fifth level down of what the actual events are. Yeah. And then contextualizing it in terms of, like, the American story and so many things. Yeah. There's so many, yeah. like, layers of uh, story, like, on top of that. It's all fiction, effectively. Yeah. So, like, okay, so then there's that. And then there's, let's say, like, Bob Dylan writing a song about that. It's just another layer of abstraction. Yeah. And that is a thing that Eric Weinstein is referencing as, oh, that Bob Dylan song, that's telling you the news, or that's as if it's telling you the news. It's like, no, it's not. Yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, the idea of, like, fiction, that there are, like, you know, the whole, the whole premise of art, at least for me, is, like, that, you use, you use like fiction or like hyper reality 
to kind of elucidate reality, but that yes. you aren't necessarily representing or um, portraying reality in the work that you do. And, and, you know, the idea, you know, you know, I, I love Baudrillard so much and I think he I actually was, didn't know that. That's great. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean like simu I, I just reread Simulacra and Simulation a little nice. while ago and like dude was just so ahead of his time. It's like, it's, it's, it's amazing how many things he was talking about, which like seemed just insane. Like yeah. in the seventies, eighties when he was writing some of that stuff. And it's all just kind of like, kind of come to pass exactly like how he said it would. Um, but um, yeah, like I, I kind of take like, like I think all of history is fiction. Not to say that like events didn't happen because they obviously right. did. But I think that when you, when you tell, when someone asks you, how, how was your day yesterday? Like whatever comes out of your mouth is essentially a fiction and, you know, much less something that happened two weeks ago, 50 years ago, a hundred right. years ago, you know, um, like we have no real grounding in reality. Like history has like a very kind of spider thread relationship to like actual like reality. Right. I think, uh, does that kind of, <clears throat> is that kind of, Makes sense? Yeah, no, I, I kind of see it the same way. I, I, I mean, I do kind of think that all these people have different jobs. Like, the historian has a different job from the philosopher, from the journalist. from And the artist, I feel like when you, when you take the artist, I think that Bob Dylan has said this, and you kind of alluded to this, the job of the artist is to tell us how we feel by telling us how they feel. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I, I suppose in a sense, if Bob Dylan or whoever is writing a song that is telling him how he feels about a particular world event, then that does inform us on how we should feel. But, I mean, I, I still kind of feel like uh, there are still, you know, world events, like big world events. Uh, uh, last year, you sent me a song by the, uh, the Viagra Boys, and it was kind of like making fun of the Trump phenomenon. Um, I'm not sure exactly what it was making fun of. Uh, also, like <laughs> yeah. vaccine hesitancy, like it was like. Oh yeah, 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 um, yeah. You know, it was it was just so just kind of like. Oh, they got the creepy crawlies in the vaccine. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, yeah. It was that, and it, yeah, I guess it was the, like the conspiracy theory thing. Yeah. It was like the conspiracy theory mindset that it was really capturing. Mm -hmm. And oh my god, like if that wasn't capturing the spirit of the day, dude, and commenting on like how like putting some emotion to that. Yeah. Like, oh my God, like that was so fucking present. It, yeah, it, I, I, uh, yeah, that whole cave world record is, yeah. I think like people will, will listen to that in 30 years and be like, you want to know what like life was like during like 2020 to 2022 and like just the overall like ambiance yeah. of the world. It was captured. Listen to that record. Like, I think, I think it, it is, it is like a high art piece of work. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah, yeah. But it, but it does it through, uh, you know, humor and like hyperbole and like taking on like the, the mindset of uh, people that like you probably wouldn't want to interact with in like your day to day life. And like, yeah, you know, it's yeah. like, like it's, 
yeah, it's really powerful. And like to me, like yeah, I think you know, yeah, Cave World, Cave World's one of the best records to come out in and it, a it, long like, time. I th- I feel like that the people that they're commenting are that isn't commenting on that isn't their audience. So it really is a commentary on a group of people that others will be like, oh shit, so that's what's going on with those folks, that sort of thing, perhaps. Yeah. yeah. But so I mean, I I do think that there's some of that, and <clears throat> I am not as as up on music as I used to be. Uh, so I'm sure there's like way more of that happening as well. But I do think like the average song that's that's out there being produced. It's still kind of like just talking about relationships and love and how hard it is to be alive in general. Yeah. That shit is timeless. And I feel like just having that still come out of the mouths of, of uh, the youth, as you know, music tends to do, that still makes it so that it's commenting on modern life and modern events from an artistic perspective. For sure. Right? I... I I, I agree with that, but I also do think that there is kind of like a a trend in our like in like Western culture in like technological like mo- modernity to um, be very insular, and I think that you know from from my own um, my own kind of vantage point or whatever like I find I find music nowadays like not like the actual music itself but like the content the presentation of a lot of music to be very very discreet demographic social identity politic interest driven rather than like here's what's going on in the world in some kind of like large format kind of way it's like I think that like most music now is like hyper individuated maybe not individuated but like um lifestyle like niche lifestyle uh worldview kind of um driven well does, maybe is that you know what i'm saying no i think that that's a really interesting point i i have a well, that just uh, sparked a question for yeah. me though which was that, okay, so let's just take San Francisco. It's like a hub of tech. Yeah. Right? Um, back in the 1960s, it was a hub of counterculture. Yeah. The people who were creating that movement also were creating the art that was the movement itself. Yeah. Whereas now, it's kind of like a tech hub, and the techies aren't necessarily creating any sort of entertainment product that's commenting on that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like it's it's there's there's no voice of the techie that is the thing. So I mean in a sense back in the 60s the the movements were created by the the creators. I would 100% disagree. Okay, I want to hear this, yeah. Okay, so um my my personal read on like we're talking about like San Francisco 60s is that like, like, none of that shit ever happened. Like, I kind of know what you're talking about, but yeah, okay, go ahead. Okay, so um, <laughs> it's a mythology, right? It's a mythology, and it's something that, like, the entire like movement, the hippie movement, like, when you really drill down, like, it was like 10 people. 
And in it was San like Fran- one year too. Yeah, right? and, then and he got overrun with homeless people. Is what I understand. Well, yeah, and and was, and was but overrun. the reason for all that is because <laughs> the media in like, you know, this is we're talking like post-war, like late late nineteen fifties, like there's nothing happening, you know, in like culture. It is like, you know, parade, you know, just like this weird kind of like North Korean. Uh, patriotic military culture like I feel like that's kind of like what was being presented and pushed on like American culture at, at that time you know it, and it reflects in a lot of like the mainstream media and I think that people in their boredom were like man let's see what these fucking weirdos are doing and you know yeah. so so then you have this like this like fixation on like motorcycle gangs like, you know, uh, Hell's Angels, you have like fixation on like these people who were like involved in various ways with like early psychedelic stuff, whether you're talking about like university people or Charles Manson, Charles Manson or the government, you know, um, and like, um, all of these things were just kind of happening and the media in order to create interest to sell products to build narratives just kind of pumped that stuff and like that's the, like it wasn't like the hippies that were in control of like the hippie movement the hippies you know there was that whole thing in like the in San Francisco like in the early 60s where they had like this funeral called the death of the hippie hmm. and this was like before any of that stuff became like televised or like in media, like they knew that was over. And there was like the, like the 10 people that were like involved in like the, the art world and like cultural sphere in San Francisco, um, hung it up for the most part. And then, then it just became this kind of like media fixation and debacle, which, you know, it's like, if you build it, they will come by doing that all of a sudden, like, these kids from Massachusetts, you know, trust fund kids are like, we want to be a part of this thing that like, isn't even really happening. But like here, we're all going to go to San Francisco and like, I can do whatever. And like, and by default, like that creates a thing. Yeah. But it's like, that wasn't, that wasn't like a simulation. It's a simulation. Yeah. It's something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) You know, um, and you know it's the yeah it's the same kind of like like are you really participating in like an authentic reality or are you kind of like participating in a narrative that you're being fed to by uh you know corporate interests and um very various entities that have something to gain you know and i speak specifically as a musician but i do think this kind of like penetrates all artistic endeavors and fields right now, which is um, like the the dream of the 90s. Like, I'll just stick to music here. Like, you know, in the 90s, there were uh, a bunch of mostly technological advances that enabled people to make music and distribute music 
outside of like the auspices of like a major label or like the, you know, million dollar budgets that went into like records and all of this stuff, you know, mm -hmm. home recording, digital recording, uh, file sharing in the early 2000s. That does parallel book creation because it's so easy to create and market your own book. Yeah. And also movie making. Yeah. We made a movie two years ago. Yeah. You know, John on an iPhone with like mm -hmm. a zero dollar budget. You yeah. could not have done that, you know, exactly. Years ago. But I think that like, oh, isn't isn't that isn't that great? We're liberated from, you know, our corporate overlords and we can make whatever we want and it's everything's great. But like my personal experience and opinion is that like especially when when Spotify hit, um, instead of like providing a platform for like independent artists to like make the thing that they that they dream about at night and that lives in their head and like bring it to the world that it kind of forced everyone, it forced the rules of big business and kind of corporate greed and like all of that stuff onto independent artists. So mm -hmm. like now, like instead of, you know, <laughs> now yeah. everyone that like makes music is like thinking like the CEO of like Warner Brothers and making decisions like an A&R person, not an artist. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I do exactly. And, and I think it's had like, I think it's had like a, a really detrimental um, influence on uh, music um, and, and the arts where it's like, like it, it's forced people to like, get out of their art brain and like be in their business brain or their kind of like a and R brain, which is like, you know, all of these things are necessary to like get your art to an audience, but like, that's not always like the, the best place to work from as an artist. Yeah. I mean, I think that like the people who bubble up, are going to be the people who are really good at that marketing shit. Yeah, exactly. Not the people who are really great at the art. Yeah. Whereas back in the day, you just had to be kind of like discovered. Now you have to like be the person who discovers yourself in a sense and yeah. market, markets it. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's really pernicious for not just music, but all the arts, which is just really unfortunate. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I, I do think like I've heard people say that back like pre-recorded music, everyone just did their own thing and there was no hope of getting rich off of playing the guitar and singing. It was just like a, a thing you did a around the campfire. Yeah. yeah. We're, I wouldn't actually be too mortified if we went back to that a little bit. And this whole thing of like the, the God rock stars, if that was just a blip in history and kind of went away, I yeah. wouldn't be mortified by that because I think that the true human value is just hanging out with your friends maybe like seeing a show at a bar. That's like the great thing. I mean, and also like, oh, the, the show at the bar, the dude also like has an account online where you can like download his tunes. Yeah. Like I don't see anything tragic about that necessarily. I think that yeah. like it, it's tragic in the sense that when I was 16, I dreamed of becoming that rock star because, but I mean, that wasn't like my highest artistic urge, right? That was like, that was my corporate greed side to be like, oh my God, I could be Mick Jagger, you know? Yeah. Which yeah. like, maybe that's not the artistic impulse that culture even necessarily wants to promote in us. I agree. 
I agree. I say that like unfortunately as I continually produce art, you know, books in my case, and try to market them, you know, kind of for the sake of when you create something, especially when you put your heart into it, you do want other people to experience it. Yeah. Right. It, it is like equally tragic. It's tragic to sell your soul to the to be the, the marketing guy, but it's also tragic to make something beautiful that you're proud and of and and it not. And there's yeah, there's yeah. no means to produce it or yeah. to, to to share it with the world. Yeah, right? absolutely. Uh, the one one other piece here, just before we move off of art, that I just want to like ask about. So I wrote a piece this week about um, is Moloch the correct analogy for AI. Um, a lot of people online are starting to, to coalesce around the view that Moloch is the, is the correct, correct view. Is AI a Canaanite god? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so, well, this is, this is like a really interesting piece. You know how, how people continually these days say, oh, that's like religion. Oh, this is like religion. Oh, like wokeism is a religion, right? Yeah. Everything is kind of like, I don't know. I, I find it like a very curious that everything is being defined as religion these days. Now, apparently AI. What are your thoughts on that? Rather than like art, why isn't art the thing that like gets the, to choose the analogy for AI? Uh, because everything is religious. I mean, that's why Demon Wrangler exists. Oh, right. Okay, I mean, so this Sam is like this is, Demon Wrangler. Yeah, we'll, have, is, we'll have to link it. Uh, and it is kind of like a, a high slash low brow mockery commentary on religious music or, yeah. is, or is it just like the imagery that you're commenting on not not necessarily the religious experience I'm not too sure I don't I, I want to be a little coy about like the full intent but like I would kind of describe it as like a um, a very serious like it takes religion, it, it's a band about spirituality and about religion and like the human experience. Um, but there's a certain level of, um, th there's, there's self-awareness and humor in it, but like it, it's, um, it's not, uh, it's not, uh, it's not really coming from a place of uh, like inauthenticity. Well, let me, let me ask you this. Okay. Yeah. So you have a degree in anthropology, right? You just said that everything is kind of religious. Yeah. I mean, what what is religion? And I mean, okay. So so to bring it back a little bit to my to my initial question, uh, the metaverse that concept is taken from a book by Neil Stevenson, Snow Crash. Yep. Right. Yeah. That concept wasn't taken from like the Book of Revelation, right? Uh, yeah. Like. I don't know. And, and my, okay. my argument would be if we had taken the word from the book of Revelation, we would see it differently. We would see the metaverse as a different thing. Okay. I think All the right. metaphors always inform upon the thing they're talking about. Like this thing is like this, right? Okay. And then you, you, you run with that and that's what a metaphor is. Yeah. So. Well. Like, okay. where, where are we with the world of Yes, everything kind of is religious. I kind of know what you mean by that. Maybe you can spell that out a little bit. But like, what does it mean? And what does it what does it mean for the future of how we interact with technology if we are just gonna make everything like we're just gonna we're to live with religious metaphors for you know whatever we build in the future? Well, I mean, you know, to to kind of like dig into the religious metaphor thing. Um, 
I, I think, will say, I think, okay, okay. Religious metaphors are fucking great. This is why, yeah. like, the, the music of Leonard Cohen and Bob Dylan is so timeless is that they are referencing these metaphors, and they're so good because they're so rich. Yeah. That's the thing. I also think there are, like, impulses that are, like, innate in, like, human culture and history that, um, okay, like, for instance, you know, we didn't have uh, weapons of mass destruction until the last hundred years, right? Bombs, rockets, and stuff. But in, in the, I think it's the Upanishads, you know, like, in, in like, Hindu... Uh, Sanskrit uh, books, you know, sac sacred texts. People, people like you can tell that like people were thinking about the rocket, yeah, as like a weapon six thousand years ago. In the Bible, there's a passage in Ecclesiastes about a yeah, thing that will the power the whole world. Yeah, about, stuff like, a like source of power or yeah. and flying like human flight, right. like. People like this was like maybe on religion, religious minds. books aren't religious books. Maybe they're science fiction books, Sam. Yeah, like I mean, well, I mean, I think they do speak to like innate, deep human stuff that is like very relevant and like undergirds most of like what people do, regardless of whether it's two thousand years ago or today. Yeah. Like I, I don't think that people are much different and like I think I think there's a um, we tend to we tend to look at religion in a way that is you know because of, you know a lot of the stuff did happen a long time ago through like kind of like a fairy tale through a real you know kind of like religious perspective instead of through like a more utilitarian kind of perspective you know in the Bible there is there is like already this weird um, tenuous relationship between knowledge and power and the idea of stealing God's power and you know like I think the idea that like um, oh you know the the like AI AI is this um, you know this this kind of God I think it's like Functionally, if you look at like what role that plays in in people's lives, I think it's like pretty true. In the same kind of way that like you know, in the Bible, like you know, there's like the Tower of Babel, like that whole story where like essentially there are these like rich kings and they're like you know like we're gonna build this crazy tower to heaven and it's going to like you know it's gonna be this like deep symbolic. Uh, statement of like our like superiority and like that was the AI of the time you know as we move through like culture it's like we're always we're always using analogies and like um, metaphors based on like where our technology is at that very moment so like you know you go back to like turn of the century and it's like right after like the industrial revolution right and Every, everything was talked about through this like machine kind of narrative. You know, oh, the body is just like this machine. You put food in it 
and it's like steam, you know, like the food is like the coal for this steam engine. Right. And like now, you know, with like computing, like people are like, well, the brain is like a computer, you know? Right. And it's like, it's actually none of those things. It's not a machine. It's not a computer. These are just like, that's just how people relate to their environment is by like using technology as some kind of like yardstick to like discuss the thing. But like the technology itself is just an extension of like the human experience. And it's not really that different than um, building a pyramid 7,000 years ago or whatever, you know? We have this in, in storytelling, we have this sense of awe. Yeah. And the sense of wonder. And you can tap into it by using analogies. Yeah. By using analogies that are bigger than ourselves. Mm -hmm. That is kind of like the fundamental like logic that's happening here, whether we're using religious metaphors or some other science fiction metaphors or, or medical metaphors yeah. or whatever. Um, there, there really just is that thing in our brain that we can get this sense of awe, this yeah. sense of wonder. And that is captured like in ancient religious texts because yeah. they felt that sense of awe, just like we do, but they prescribed it to, to like the fucking sky, you know, yeah. and shit like that. That is, I mean, you know, the sky is awe. It, it is, it is, gives us that sense of awe. And we, we have lost a way to talk about the sense of awe the sky gives us because we know too much about it. Yeah, but I mean, I, I think we, we just keep replacing, like, you know, the closer, the closer to like we get to see God, the more God will pull back, you know? And like, we're no longer in awe of the sky because we've been to the sky. Right. But like, that hasn't like supplanted our, like now now our gaze, like our gaze is now on. Now we think about the universe, right? You know, well, I mean, like, I, I would even argue that our gaze has returned to like the inner universe, hmm. you know, and that yeah, like, point. you know, like we're kind of like approaching this point in culture where like, you know, the, the pipe dreams of the early, you know, 1900s of the Jetsons flying around in cars and like all of this stuff is just like not happening. And yeah. like, it kind of is. They have, it, they have flying taxis now. Yeah. But like, have you been in one? They're going to roll it out at LAX. Oh, I mean, really? It's actually happening. Oh, that's right pretty now. crazy. Okay. Yeah. I, all right. And, uh, that's it. And, uh, I'm, I'm there for it. One of the New York airports is going to roll out uh, good YouTube videos on it. Like Vox has a video on it, I think. Yeah. But, but yeah, like yeah. On, on the flips, like, you know, that that's not going to like really change. We're not in the, the Jetsons. Human, we're not in the Jetsons. And like, you know, if, if you went uh, 3,000 years ago, instead of a flying taxi, like, you know, and you had money, people would carry you in a lift. You know, you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. the same thing. Like, ultimately, like, people's realities, the worlds that they live in are as much like technological progress um, that we've made over the last 500 years. Our day-to-day -day lives are not that much different than they were, you know, 100 years ago, 200 years ago, 1,000 years ago. Like, to me... I don't know. Does that does that make sense? Like no, it totally it totally does. I mean, it really, really, really does. I like my my last question here, kind of follow up to that is, what do you think art will look like in the future, and what is the role of artists in the future? And I say this partly 
you know, I, I couch this question in terms of what's happening with AI, and AI is going to start helping us write screenplays and novels and, you know, music, obviously. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. you can generate kind of catchy tunes with yeah. AI. There was a Jay-Z tune that dropped the other day. Jay-Z had nothing to do with it. It was all AI. Yeah. What, I mean, my, my thought is we will create new forms of art, and these will be tools that we just use, but... What do you think is like the role of the artist and how will artists continue to inform culture in your, uh, in your view? This might be like wishful thinking, but I, I also, I kind of, um, I have like a weird faith in this, which is that like art, like until, until they, until they make a robot, an AI-driven robot that can dance like a human being, like like a trained ballet dancer, who cares? Hmm. Like like I th I I think that like you know there, there's a lot of kind of like technological and scientific hubris that like oh like we've like like you know, we're going to be able to like make whatever. And I'm just like, do it then, you know, like in, until, until there's like, until I see like the spontaneous, like living grace and like beauty that I see in like a human being from something that's not a human being that's like made by human beings. Like I'm kind of like, prove it. I'm not that impressed. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, maybe some people, you know, when was it like at Coachella 10 years ago where they had like fucking like Tupac's hologram performing. Yeah. I'm just like, if, if that's, if that's entertaining to you, um, it probably is for like 10 minutes for like 10 minutes, then you're like, this is fucking stupid. Like, yeah. let's see, let's see a person. Let's see. Uh, you know, I want to see young thug, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I want to see like a outlandish person, an outlandish meat person doing something that like is inspiring to me or cool or whatever. Yeah. You know, but like, I just don't think that like anyone's ever going to look at like a robot and feel inspired. Yeah. They I might be like, this is sick. This is cool. But I think that there are like, deeper dimensions of the human experience that that may never really be able to touch. There's a, there's a human connection missing because yeah. when you hear Jay-Z, like real Jay-Z versus like AI Jay-Z, real Jay-Z, you can like imagine yourself, one, like meeting him in the street and two, becoming a good enough rapper yourself that you could do those same things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, it's just like, a, it's a talent, and talents are things that you can take on board yourself. Yeah, and, and talents are mysterious. Like, that's yeah. like one of the things, too, is like, you know, I was just um, speaking of Jay-Z, you know, like, there was like, uh, just like some clip that I saw where like, they were like, I think it was like with Rick Rubin, and it was like Rick Rubin talking about like working with Jay-Z and just being like, this dude would like show up in the studio with like no nothing written down and then would just like sing to himself in this like creepy child voice and like that was his process and he was like this is the weird it was he was like it was so weird huh. like working with jay-z because you're just like 
even like what you know of him as an artist, when you're like seeing the process, you're just like, where is this coming from? And like this, you know, the whole, the whole context to it was like so strange and yeah. like idiosyncratic and like mysterious. And like, how does this guy like come up with like these, these great rhymes and like keep it all in his head when then like, you know, you have someone else where it's like, you know, like Eminem, who's like a, got the quill and parchment and writes everything down and like you know like there's just you know you can you can have two two uh artists that are like elites in the same field that could just be like there's almost like no crossover in in the way that they do their thing and like and it's like you you can't like you can't figure that out like I think yeah. I think there's like things like you can learn to like absorb people's things but like the ultimate source for that stuff is like just so beyond kind of like what at least the foreseeable future of like you know AI or mapping the brain or whatever like it it's still coming from like the twilight zone yeah. And like, and I think like, you know, the twilight zone, the mystery zone, the multiverse that like people are tapped into naturally, like, are you really going to be able to map that? Well, there, there is something that to say that like a lot of our comments on human relationships, what good is that commentary if there's no actual physical human relationship that's being commented on? Yeah. Right. So, so. You know, Kurt Cobain writes a song about an ex-girlfriend. He actually had that ex-girlfriend. If an AI Kurt Cobain wrote a new song about an ex-girlfriend, there was no ex-girlfriend. You know, so it's kind of yeah. like there, there's there's no even if it's exactly the same words, the fact that in meat suit reality it didn't happen makes it way just less interesting. I mean, you know, I, I would kind of like uh, like. Personally, I rarely write about people. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I mean, I write about people, but like not like individual, like most of the time, like if a character or something, you know, like a person appears in some kind of work that I'm doing lyrically or whatever, it's usually some kind of amalgamation of multiple people. Yeah, I mean that's how I work. Or, you know what yeah. I mean? But it, but it but it all is like grounded in some kind of like real experience, you know. Oftentimes I, I'm grounded in other things I've read by like something Alfred Jerry wrote. Yeah. Example, but also a real person who at some level it was a real person having a real experience that we're kind of channeling. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah. So, I mean, like, I don't know, like, the, 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 the truth, like, I'm very, like, you know, in, in the arts, like, I'm very disinterested in truth. Like, well, like, in the way that, like, most people would quantify it. Is that, does that make sense? I mean, I'm, I'm totally with you. We, we actually probably agree on that, because I think I see where you're going. Like, I, I want to take it a little bit to, like, I just said, the, the, you know, the thing about like relationships and yeah. humans and it's important that we could actually form relationships with the artists is I think a thing. But I mean, I think that that actually might start to disintegrate a little bit as people stop having as many real world relationships and have actually meaningful relationships with AIs. There are all yeah. kinds of stories about this with people like 
dating an AI, knowing it's an AI, but then when like the AI program goes away, they have like this real feelings of remorse. Yeah. Because I mean, we're kind of silly. Like our brains are kind of silly in that we yeah. can we can trick ourselves very well, easily that a fake thing is a real thing. We mm-hmm. do this all the time with our pets. Yeah. Like, your cat doesn't give a fuck about you, but you kind of like put emotions onto your cat and read them back. Yeah. And that's also like an informative experience, but your cat doesn't care about you. Yeah, or or it does in ways that like you just aren't you aren't really equipped as a human being to to fully articulate with. Like what what's like, what's dumber? Like having a relationship with a goldfish or with an AI? It's the same. It's the same like, yeah. you know, and and I think that like uh you know, we all kind of live in our own fantasies and uh, project the world far more than we interact with the world. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I mean, you, you grew up religious. Like, you ever see anyone cry in church? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like me too. And um, that used to weird me out more. That used to weird me out in the way that, like, I'm just like, this motherfucker never met Jesus. Like, how is he so emotionally involved with, like, this, like, pseudo-historical 2,000-year-old character? Yeah. And, um, and I, you know, I thought it was really bizarre. Um, and, but, like, I I feel like the older that I get, like, the less weird or, and, and even, like, the less, like, dysfunctional that seems, you know? Because, like... Dude, you know, I was like, I was listening to, uh, I was listening to uh, uh, this Arthur Russell record the other day, and I was just crying. Like it was, like I was just like, man, this like, this like hits, like so many. This is just like hits so hard, and then I'm like, then I'm like, I've never met this. This person's been dead for like thirty years. Like I don't know anything about who they were as a person. I don't even know what this fucking song is about. <laughs> Like, at the end of the day, I'm like, I don't really know what this song is about, but, like, it is just doing something to me, and maybe I'm projecting my own meaning onto it, right? you know, right. and, like, whatever, and, um, but it's, it's providing something for me, and well, it's like... Um, yeah, that, that is real, that's why people like tarot cards, right? Most yeah. people don't buy into them as being, like, really telling the future or whatever they're supposed to do. It's like you project something onto them, and then you learn about yourself through that process. Yes, exactly, And the yeah. people who, like, made tarot cards were very self-aware about that, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, would, I would say that, um, uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think a lot of technology works in the same facet where like i don't think like i think if anything like ai is going to teach us more about humanity like in some weird ways like um like like it's already done that like just like you know the last like hundred years of like data accumulation has um made people like understand the mind in i think you know in ways that are like really profound and like human behavior like heard heard human behavior or like even individual behavior the way that like we form memories the way that we um you know you know as we learn more about mental illness and like actually 
start to unravel like what that actually means because like I think that's still like a a kind of like you know we're still like in the very like infant stages of dealing with like mental mental illness um like as a society and like um like yeah we continue to learn more and more about our human experiences through through like technology, you know, we learn about the cosmos through the technology of the telescope. We yeah. learn, we learn about what's underneath our ocean through the technology of like sonar. But like all of these things like don't really supplant like the premise of the human experience. They just augment it. Yeah. Um, and like, to, so ultimately coming like super full circle, you know, like, the idea that um, um, AI poses any like real threat to artists is like, it does not keep me up at night. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean like clearly technology as it shifts has profound and kind of immediate influences about yes. how artists are paid. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But whether or not any artist should give up what they're doing you know, and scrap the whole enterprise. Yeah. That hasn't really changed ever at all. Ever well, since the dawn of time when the first poem was written. Yeah. It's all just been like, yeah, this is a worthwhile cause. Yeah. And, and I, think I do see that continuing, yeah. I, I think, uh, you know, like, I'm glad, I'm glad I'm not like a visual artist right now. Me too, yes. Because like, yeah. I, I do think that like, the visual arts are going to, in like this short term, like, event horizon or whatever, the visual arts are going to be the hardest hit by, by AI. Um, but like, is it really that different than like the, um, the, the popularization of like photography for what painters were doing in like the turn of the century where like, at least equally as profound. Yeah, and, and like and all the good painters of that period immediately, like you can see it across you know, in every, you know, American art, European art, like as soon as like the camera became like a thing where like you could, you could capture photographs like of reality, painters were like, I'm gonna draw all this shit with boxes. Right. You know what I mean? Like, or, you know, like, uh, yeah, I like you, you start having like the Picassos and the dollies and like they're just the, the gaze, like the interest shifts that you have this like return to um primitive art you have this like return yeah. to figurative stuff into just like things that are like kind of almost like textile like you know the kind of like dutch neoplastic like d style kind of just like almost like architectural stuff you know and it's like like I don't, I don't ever like, I don't ever like sit around like, man, it's such a bummer. Like people don't draw like paintings of like natural scenery, yeah. you know, or yeah, like, yeah. you know, like that kind of stuff. I'm just if like, they did, I don't you would care. Look at that and say like, why are you doing that? That's so boring. Yeah, like, like, like paint something you can't see, you can only see with the mind. Yeah, you know, like I don't, I don't need a picture of this, you know. Right. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Cool. Hey, well, that's a good place to wrap it up. Uh, thanks, Sam, for anybody You're very welcome. In checking out more from the Sam Elliott and his religious experiences. <laughs> uh, how, do you, how do you find Demon Wrangler online? Uh, Demon Wrangler Band 
uh, across platforms, uh, YouTube, Instagram, um, Bandcamp, those are the main main sources. I don't really do Twitter. Demon Wrangler. Yeah. Demon Wrangler. If you Google it, shit comes up. Yep. And, uh, Demon Wrangler Band. At Demon Wrangler Band will find you all the, the madness and the uh, the religious fervor that you could yeah. ever want. And you won't yeah. be sorry. Hide your kids. 